I am an ex-game designer, and today I will be explaining how ideas are created. So, the creation of good game ideas, bad game ideas, long game ideas, short game ideas, whatever, whatever. Listen, I was a game developer, and actually, this is not about explaining game ideas, but I'm a game developer, or I was, and I'm going to be going into explaining idea creation. And I've realized this applies to a lot of other fields that are aside from gaming, aside from movies, writing, cleaning your house, whatever you're doing, these ideas can apply and how to create them. I didn't know that a lot of people were missing out on this, but because I've been designing for so long, I kind of took it for granted. So I decided to come in on this one and create a whole podcast about it. So yes, I am Mr. Benja, your friendly neighborhood video game ex-designer, and I'm going to talk to you today about idea creation. In short, it's about the what and the why. If you can get these two things in your head together, you can go on to make much better ideas and get much better things created. And I'm going to be going into that. I'm going to be explaining a little bit of also another component to that and basically just try to explain a little bit on how you can create ideas as well. And one way of generating them that will hopefully be a lot more solid and a lot more usable than other ideas you might have or a lot more usable than ideas you might have created otherwise. How's that? As you can tell, I'm going off the fly on a lot of these. I do a lot of these podcasts, so I'm just getting into my podcast flow. Please flame me in the comments if you think I should be doing anything differently. Get at me. I will take that heat because that's who I am. So once again, this is Mr. Benj's ADD experience coming at you most weeknights doing this creative thing talking to creators of all spans of life, talking to anybody who's looking for a creative edge on things, creative discussions, discussing what's out there in the world already, discussing what we can do, and in general, trying to build creativity up because the more we do, the better the world becomes. We can create solutions for ourselves instead of always complaining and living in a world that just seems to be annoying. We can start creating better things for ourselves and create better solutions. I think everybody kind of wants that, but we don't really talk about it enough. So I've taken that upon myself to be that guy. So what is this that I'm discussing today? Well, this I want to explain that idea creation and ideas, ideation, execution, the creative process. These are huge, huge, huge topics. And I am obviously not going to get through all of this. What I'm doing with these podcasts is creating a library, a dialogue. We'll start on something. We'll come back to it later. We'll build up some new ideas. We'll get rid of some old ones. So this is going to be a continual process. And it's not like this is comprehensive in all ways because there is way too much information to cover in terms of all ideas and all thoughts and all processes. So this is just going to be a relatively short one. Uh, I may run about an hour. We'll see. What's happening in Old Port Design? Also, this is not comprehensive, as I said, because we can't ever get into that. And these aren't hard and fast rules. That's another thing. There are no hard and fast rules to idea generation and idea creation. Just make sure that what you're doing works for you, your situation, your resources, and anybody that you're going to be creating, your, you're going to be executing your idea for. 
It's all not about execution. Execution is a whole different subject matter that we're going to get into at some other point. And without execution, all of your ideas are going to fall flat anyway. So we'll touch on that just a little bit, but we're not going to be going super, super in-depth into the execution side of things. That'll be that'll be for another one, and we'll, it'll be based on how this goes. But it's kind of related anyway, so you can't talk about ideas without execution at all. So that's that. And as always, be sure to throw in any comments, questions, anything you might want me to cover as I go through this. If you're listening on YouTube, be sure to throw in a comment and I'll get back to it later. And yeah, this is something to think about just when you're developing. Just when you're creating any kind of any kind of change in the world is an act of creation. Creation necessarily takes what the world is and adjusts it to something more appropriate in your eyes. So you want to change something, you want to add something, you want to remove a little something. Ideally, you're doing all of this because you want to make it better and you need to have ideas in place in your head to do so. You can follow along with patterns and procedures and best practices and so on, but these are really just amalgamations of things that have been done in the past, which is kind of what ideas are in a lot of ways, but hopefully you get my point. When you're coming up with an idea, you're coming up with a new way of looking at something, even if it is from the past, because you want to make a change in the present to the future. So this works for stories, games, technology, um, cleaning your house, working with your family or whatever. And it's how I went around doing things in terms of creating video game ideas. And over over the 13 years that I was in the video game industry, I practiced these, these this technique. And I think it's got a good idea. I think it's got a good set of foundations, but I've been doing it so long, I may leave something out and it's just so natural to me that I may I may not touch on something. So be sure to ping me or comment if if something's missing. So basically, uh, when I was in video game development, I worked in video games for 13 years, Rockstar Games, 3DO, Huawei, Sony Santa Monica, all very, very good studios for different reasons. And what I started realizing is that you have four different disciplines, basically, in game development. Well, I'll say three. I'll leave producers out of it for this discussion. But you had three basic game game development disciplines. You had the designers, you had the artists, and you had the engineers. The engineers were the people who put together all the pieces, the programming, the coding. They made sure the software worked with the hardware, that it was able to fit inside memory and was able to do everything that the developers hoped it would do. Then you had the artists who were basically making sure the game looked the way it should, the characters moved the way they should, the audio played right, the visuals were correct, and so forth. The, you basically get what the artist is about. Now, the designer, the designer is the person who tries to bring it all together, make levels, works on the interaction of the game. The, the gameplay or the game mechanics, as they're, they're generally called, this is all the designer's field of expertise. Now, of course, there was overlap in all of these where the artists would get into design, the designers would get into some of the coding and scripting. The coding and scripters would also influence what the artists were doing. And production obviously had their say in it as well. So it's all very, it's all very uh, integrated and there's a lot of overlap. But those are the three basic concentrations, engineering, design, and artistry. And the reason I mentioned that is because as a designer, we 
tended to figure out that there were two sides to these things, the artistic side and the engineering side. Now, between those two sides, we found that ideas would come in two largely separate flavors. And on the art side, you'd have the why. And on the engineering side, you would have the what. So you end up with these two different factions called the what and the why. And this is how I generally went about thinking about things. There's a what on one end and a why on the other. And we're going to go over the two of these, then talk about how they come together, and then talk about a little ways to, a couple ways to flavor that whole discussion. So first, the what. The what is basically your implementation, your, your way of going about doing something. Uh, this isn't the execution exactly, which is something else, as I said before, but what you're going to do. And when, when you have a good what, that means your idea is doing something. So let's say um, you've got an engineer and he says, listen, I understand physics. I've, I've wrapped a chain around this gear. It's become a, you know, a gear that can, that can push a pedal or that can work with the pedal and it can push a moving body forward. I think I'll call this thing a bicycle. And he's got this whole contraption, you know, you've got pieces of a contraption. If you ever talk to engineers, they're always talking about modules and pieces and the different physics and the way things can work together. And this is a lot of what, but no matter what it is, it's missing another piece of it. And the second piece is the why. Well, why would you want a bicycle? I'm tired of walking. Um, they're fun. And on the why side, what you're looking at is the feeling the sensation, the effect, and more in terms of the, the human result. I, as a human, when I think of a bicycle, I'm not immediately jumping to all the physics and all of the, the gears and how it works together and you know the manufacturing, et cetera, how, how durable is it. I'm thinking about that, that feeling that is evoked, that sensation, the effect, what it means to me. So. Those are the two basic parts, and this is how they come together. And when you hear people talking, you're usually going to hear a what or a why. And with your ideas, you need to balance these two things, the what and the why, to, to help you generate an idea that's more usable. I won't say a better idea, but it usually is. Trying to come up with a good idea, you're going to need both of these what and the why in balance. All right, so now that you know the two, uh, let's think about some some ways that that kind of works out. The what and the why. All right, so say you're sitting down and you you're you're trying to come up with an idea for a movie or a script or something, right? A story, and you're thinking to yourself, "Wow, I wish there was a story." that told the, the tale or the history of people in Northern Wyoming who went through this crazy episode of drought. And I wish there was a story that told that. And then they start going into the history and it's like, yeah, well, there were these people, they migrated from whatever area, they got in fights with Canadians, whatever. You come up with all these things. And this is still just a what. It's what 
So when someone asks, what's your idea? It's like, well, there's going to be these people from Wyoming. They immigrated there. They had all these troubles in the colonial era, blah, blah, blah. And we're, they were trying to explore that whole area. And it, it could be interesting. It might be. But it's just a what. And it doesn't really give a why to anything. So you've only got a what right there. It's like, what is this? The story of the people in Wyoming. Okay, sure, whatever. Not necessarily terribly exciting. That's where you have to bring in the why. So if someone is a good eye, if someone's a good producer or a good developer, they're going to immediately see this what and say, okay, why is this a good story? Why is this something we need to tell? And then the person may go into it and say, you know what? These people had to go through these types of hardships and it's extremely emblematic of Americans who were forgotten about and never had their story told. No one believed them. And you could start to bring a human story out of it like, oh, okay. And you start understanding why. It's like, you know what? This is a really good American story of the people in Wyoming. And I have no idea what the people in Wyoming went through, by the way. I'm just making an example. So you're thinking, oh, why did this happen? And uh, you know, here's here's why this means a lot to me. It'll touch my heart as an American. It'll touch my heart as somebody who's alone and trying to build their way in an unfamiliar land. And you start adding all these reasons why. And that's just one example of starting with the what and ending up with the why. Now, another example of coming up with the why first is you have this feeling that you're looking for. You're trying to get this feeling out, right? You're trying to take a sensation that you want to experience and bring it out into the world, but you don't have a what yet. Maybe you're flipping through TV, you're flipping through the History Channel, and you're seeing nothing but a bunch of stuff that bores you. And you think to yourself, why am I always seeing the same stories? Why, why can't, whatever happened in Wyoming, why, why don't I know about this part of the country? There seem to be a lot of things that happened there. Why don't I know about this? And why? And you start having a why, like, why are these people forgotten? And, you know, why, why is this feeling missing? Because a lot of the why, you start wondering why things are missing or why things aren't a certain way. And that's coming at it from the why point of view. And once you have a why, you can hold on to that. And then you start seeing more things in your environment, more things online. You can start asking people, hey, is there anybody who's ever gone through this? Or do you know any stories about and then you start to find your what. So those are two different ways of coming at it, coming at it from your what side or your why side. In general, people tend to fall into one camp where they have a why or what that comes first. And if they're good, they can jump back and forth between them relatively quickly. And it comes with practice. So the more you start to come up with what's and then start questioning why, the better you'll be. And the more you start coming up with whys and then questioning, well, what is it going to take to do this? Or what is this? What is the implementation of this? Then you start being a better rounded developer because you're coming at it from both sides of the, both sides of the way. Tay, Rin, Tay, what's happening? How you doing? Haven't seen you in a bit. And the champagne mermaid. Good to have you here. Just talking about game ideas or not game ideas, but the ideas I learned how to generate from being a game developer. And it basically centers around this idea of a what and a why. And the what being more involved in the 
doing of something and the implementation and the why being that feeling, sensation, or effect that you're trying to evoke or you want to feel. So if we go back to, if you're in any situation that's, let's let's uh, take it from a, a situation that's already in place, not something that you're you're trying to develop from scratch because that brings up a few more difficulties and confusing ideas. But let's say you've got a you've got a basic game going on. Um, characters are walking around, but they're not really doing much of anything. They're just you've just got a demo basically of characters walking around the world. Now, if you start coming at it from a from a why point of view, it's like you start thinking about a sensation, a feeling, right? And if you're thinking about a feeling, you're like, you know what would be really interesting is if we said, how can or why I want to feel this sensation of speed. So you start thinking about maybe racing games. You start thinking about maybe running games or, you know, track and field or something like that. You're thinking of speed or flying games, right? You're you're flying on an animal, maybe. And you have these ideas going back and forth in your head. And just all these different ideas are coming up of animals, characters, superpowers, and you want them to move very quickly. And you're just thinking of the sensation of movement. But it may not be enough. And this is where the, I mentioned this in the earlier podcast about the, the MCU and, and here superhero fatigue where you've got past the the initial initial bit of development and now you're just stuck with something with no feeling and you're lacking a little bit of soul to what you're doing and you need to start figuring out where can I go from here what can I bring up what can I what can I add to this to make it a little more contextual and a lot of people will come to designers with the why side of things like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if, wouldn't it be cool if these characters all wore, all wore hats and you could change out hats? And it's like, um, okay, that's, that's interesting. What does that do for the game? So if you come, if somebody comes at you with the, hey, wouldn't it be cool if, or why can't we add, why don't we add this or that? And they just have this this weird feeling of a sensation of something being cool or interesting. And Hey, let's put this in the game. Let's put this in the movie. Let's put this in the script without necessarily having a what involved. Then that's your work to take that. Why you have something, you know, like the, the why side of things and figure out the what it's like, okay, you want to put hats in the game. What does this do? What is it for? How does it work into all of the mechanics? Where can we get more bang for our buck? How can we relate it back to the rest of the game? What is the implementation? And then you may start thinking, well, we could use it to reward the players for reaching a new level. So every level they finish or every milestone they achieve, we'll give them a new hat. It's like, oh, okay, now we're starting to get somewhere. So the more hats you have, the more the game you explored upon. So like, yeah, yeah, that'll be great. Now you're starting to get somewhere. And then you can start bouncing back and forth from this, wouldn't it be cool if, to an implementation and the more the implementation starts to solidify, you get your, you get more ideas about, you know, why you might be creating that. And then things start to break down and things start to grow and develop from there. 
In fact, it may turn out to say, you know, why are we, why do we have hats? Why not just make it hairstyles? Because then you could do X, Y, and Z. It's like, oh yeah. And you start going back and forth. And that's the back and forth you want because you don't want to hold on to a rigid early concept. You keep going back and forth between what I'm phrasing here as the why side of things and the what side of things. What's going on, Donnie? What's going on, Logan B? I'm not sure I get you when you say, Logan, you got to know that you're the best man in that work and they only know the front result and not really the behind. You mean like the behind the scenes? Is that what you're getting at? Uh, people who come to you and don't know the behind the scenes? I think that's what you're getting at, but I'm not sure. Let me know. So yeah, the and then on the other side of things, if somebody comes with a a what, what I'm terming the what side of things. So yeah, if somebody comes up with the what side of things where they have an implementation or a mechanic or something already in place, um, then you've got to take that and move it into the why side. So somebody says, hey, I have this technology where we can outfit characters. We can put stuff on characters. And they're like, okay. So it's like, yeah, well, I worked on it. I worked on it for five months. You know, our characters, you can put stuff on them. Okay. What does that mean? And then you're just stuck with this technology or this, this way of implementing or this thing that you don't know what to do with. And this is kind of dangerous when left alone, because that means people will just start putting technologies in the game that don't mean anything to anybody. And sometimes you can have a situation where you're putting things in a, in a game, in a script, just because. But it's not that strong. And it only gets stronger if you add the why into it. It's like, okay, why would I want to do this? Why would I ever want to add anything to the character? And it's like, well, you could mark a passage of time. So I could put or mark a passage of milestones, like we said in the hat example. Okay, how would we do that? And then the person on the Y side would come back and say, you know what? Let's add hats. And then you come at it from that angle. So you can come at it from either angle that you want. It doesn't, doesn't matter so much. Just realize that you're coming at it from an implementation slash tech side versus an artistic slash sensation feeling side. And yeah, um, a lot of people, like you're saying, Logan, a lot of people, when they come to you, they don't, they've got a, a feeling of some sort or an idea of some sort, and it's not fully fleshed out, usually because it doesn't have this good back and forth from the what and the why that's building up and developing into a stronger concept, a much broader an expansive, solid idea. Because a lot of these moving parts have to work with each other. And for simplicity, I'm just boiling it down right here into the what and the why. So yeah, um, a lot of these people don't understand, but that's okay. You can still get a lot of good information from people that don't understand what's going on. If they have a feeling, a concept, an inkling of something, it may still be very valid. But I remember when I was working in games, especially in design, you know, you'd have artists, I, I'd be playing the game and I'd see some crazy looking thing in the game. And I'm like, what is that? Why is this structure here? I'm just walking around and I see this crazy structure. I go to the artist and I say, why is this here? What's this about? They say, oh yeah, I, I made that. I go, yeah, I know. Why is it in the game? 
well, it's, it's you know, it's it's cool. It's like, oh, okay. And it looks great. It's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. It does. Is that it? Like, it, it looks great. It's going in the game and they'll get mad at you. They would like, you know, artists would get really frustrated. Just it's in the game, man. And it looks great. And that's fine. You'll get a lot of that when when you just have this very artistic bend to you. Now, as a designer, we have to figure out what to do with that. Can we use this as a landmark? Can this function as a a gathering point for some of the characters, maybe, or a checkpoint? You reach this point in the game, then it, it auto saves, and you won't have to you won't have to reload from the last point. Maybe it can be used for that, or maybe you could start adding new gameplay elements into it. Like, you know what? We could teleport characters. If you can make five more of these crazy structures, we could use them as teleportation devices. Like, oh, okay, sure. And that's an example, uh, again. But they don't have to know all of these things. You just want the, even the partial ideas. This is why I don't like shutting down too many ideas. This is why the yes and methodology works so much, so well in, in development. It's like, okay, there's a lot to that. What else can we do with it? Yes, and what else? Is it missing the implementation side? Okay, let's get some implementation in there. Or if you only have an implementation, then people aren't going to know what to do with it. People aren't going to know. A lot of people may not even know that it exists. If you ever talk to somebody about the iPhone or, or their computer or calculator or whatever, you say, you know, you can do this with your iPhone. And it's like, holy crap, I didn't know I could do that. It's like, yeah, there was, you had no why involved. It was just a weird function that you never knew what you could do with. In fact, that's, that's much of math. Much of math and much of history that gets taught in school, nobody cares because they have no why side, it, why side of it. It's just a what. What is this? Oh, it's calculus. Most people don't even know what calculus is. They, they kind of know what trigonometry is, you know, the math Trigonometry being the mathematics of triangles. And some people know, much fewer, many fewer people know what the mathematics of calculus is. It's the mathematics of change. Or, you know, limits. And why that's important. They just don't have any context. So once again, the why side is the context and the what side is the implementation. And you need both. So... Those are those are real life examples right there, uh, the calculus and history. And you have to bring these two sides together. So anytime you have an idea, start pinging it on both sides or, you know, does this does this make me feel this certain way? Does this add to my. You know. Elucidation, you know, does this add to my edification? Um, is this more. Is this more rewarding as an artistic piece to me? These are very good questions you should be asking yourself. And you got to hit both sides of it. So like I was saying with the MCU, let's, uh, let's grab another example. One thing that confused a lot of people in, I forgot which Marvel movie it was, Avengers or Avengers Endgame, one of those maybe. Black Widow changed her hair color. And it just seemed like this random kind of creative thing that, some creative person was like, hey, let's change your hair to blonde. Why? Because it's different. It's like, well, I know it's different. Her hair is blonde. I just said that. But why? And they don't have a, you know, it's like, or a better question. Some people ask like, well, how is that supposed to work? How is that supposed to mean anything? Or how does that change things? 
how, how does this, how does that even matter? And then you have to ask yourself, yeah, why does it matter? And your why isn't strong enough. It's like, okay, I don't have much of a, I mean, I have a feeling, I guess, kind of, but it needs a little more bit to strengthen my own why. I need more of the what. What does this do? What is this for? What does this signify? And think about exposition. When you're watching a film, at the very beginning, somebody sits down and starts talking. In the beginning, blah, 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 this happened and that happened. And you, you can only get away with a small amount of that before people ask, but what does this have to do with anything? What is this going to fix? What is, wh wh why? And you'll, see, you'll hear people asking what and why in their heads a lot of times. And they're either asking, where's the rest of the why or where's the rest of the what? Sounds obvious, but when you run into it, you'll start understanding what I'm thinking about or what I'm, understand what I'm saying. Star Wars does this very well. They, they present a very quick, and it's, it's funny, the way Star Wars does it, and I'm talking about the original trilogy here, the way they do it is... They give you, they start out with the scrolling text, which is a what? It's an implementation. It's a series of facts. They're like, listen, here's what's happening right now. And you're like, okay. And before, just as long as, just as you're getting tired of the scroll and the text, you see stuff happening. And you're like, okay, this is cool. That's blowing up. These ships are flying over here. There's this guy. He's doing this and that. What, what, what's okay. Why? Why, why, why are these people doing this or why, what's, what's going on? And you start questioning the why, like, why is this guy in all black? Why is he talking like this? Why is he attacking these people? Why is this lady with the two buns on the sides of her head running away? And you start thinking, why, why? And then they flip back to more of the implementation side of it where it's, hey, this is, and then they get to more, I don't want to say exposition, but they start explaining the story a little more. You keep on jumping back and forth, leaving the viewer with just enough curiosity to oscillate between the what and the why. It's a very, the Star Wars movies, at least the original trilogy and the, and the prequels, are pretty well tuned to give you that sensation. Whether you like them or not, that's another point of view. That's another discussion on its own. But they do a very good job of presenting you with these two different things that keep going back and forth, where you're kind of in your head wondering, why did that happen? And then you're kind of wondering, hey, what was that? And yes, those two words, what and why, can be interchanged in some places, which makes that even more confusing. But hopefully you get what I'm getting at. The what and the why. And the stronger the relationship between those two, the better. Where the more you think about the sensation and the feeling, the more you can understand, well, here's how this implementation works. And the more you start thinking about how this implementation works and how it's built, the more you start to see how it relates to people's sentiments, feelings, and sensations. It's a very tight loop. And when you can keep on going back and forth and tightening that loop even more and more and more, you get into an iterative process that really strengthens your ideas, really strengthens your thoughts, and is really going to lead you to a better place in terms of your final output. Now, we talked about bouncing back and forth and iterating on ideas and concepts. And there's, I, know that, I know I left a lot of that out. 
And if you ha- if you want more on a certain angle of it or to clarify certain parts of that, let me know and maybe I'll do another video or add this in somewhere else. But there is one other part and that's the execution. How do you actually make this thing happen? You've got the idea, your ideas are bouncing back and forth and you start getting a little bit into execution. Now, I won't spend too much time here, but without execution, your idea is done and finished. That is the how. The execution speaks to the how of things. Well, how are we going to make this happen? How are we going to get people invested? How are we going to get this feeling across? How are we going to actually put the resources together to make this thing happen? So you've got this idea. Hey, I want to I want to make a, a, a granola bar that tastes good and is healthy. And the reason I'm doing this is because I noticed in my community of life, people eat granola bars all the time, but the granola bars aren't that good and they're not that healthy. I think if we can get better tasting and healthier granola bars, then my people will live longer. My people will go on to do great things, et cetera, et cetera, whatever, whatever your mission in life is. Then you start thinking about the how, the execution. That's when you start bringing physical resources and actual action into play. And I said, I won't spend too much time on it, but the only way you're going to test out your idea on whether you've got a good, strong why and a good, strong what is by actually trying to implement what you're doing. And that's going to start out in small steps and small phases. You're going to start thinking, how is this going to work? Well, let's try out this. Instead of sugar, let's use honey. Instead of honey, let's use agave. Instead of agave, let's use sucralose. And you're going to start trying different sweeteners. Okay, maybe we don't use any sweeteners. Let's just use, you know, coconut extract and see if we can get a sweet taste from that. And then the texture might not work. Okay, well, there's too many too many oats. Let's add up, add more peanuts to it and get more peanut flavor. Okay, good amount of peanuts, but now the thing is falling apart. So it's physically bad. And this is your idea hitting the real world, hitting the air of reality. And this is, this is when things start to get tested because maybe you ha- might have to pull back on your sensation a little bit. It's like, you know what? These granola bars aren't going to taste as great as I hope, but they get most of the job done and it's going to get us moving forward. Or you know what? These may not be as healthy as I would have liked, but they're much healthier than the previous version. So I'm going to take this step and we're going to iterate this way. And this is the only reason I mentioned the what, I mean the how at this point, because you have to consider how this is a thing. And the second part of that is you have to consider who it's going to and who the audience is, because no idea really works just in one person's head. If you, until you get it out and start acting on the world itself or interacting with other people, you don't really understand your idea. An easy way to do that is run it across other people and see what they think or see how they react to it. And you'll start learning a lot about your implementation. So all of that being said, and as I said, that that's a very condensed kind of jump around version of what I did in the game industry. But what I want to give around to you is this idea of creating a 
a physical concept, um, a, a physical way to actually start tracking your ideas and, and putting them down and growing them over time. I mentioned the jot book before, small notebooks to keep around, physical notebooks. Start writing down your ideas on every page of your little notebook. You just keep one in your pocket. I use a little three by five inch notepads, call them jot books. Anytime I have an idea, something that's, that sparks my, 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 uh, my curiosity and makes me think, hmm, what would that be? Or what makes this work? Or what, what can we do to make this happen? And it's just a random idea. I got to put that down. I'll stop, take a second, jot it down in this little notebook. And then I may see the other side of it later. I may see, hmm, you know, people are really upset when they have to go into work. We could fix that. I wonder how, though. And you start thinking about the what, the why. And then if you're already in the execution stage in your head, you start thinking about how. And you can jump back and forth between all three of these, but tightening up the actual idea is in the realm of the what and the how. So we'll stick to that right now. But yeah, take your, take your ideas and put down a what and a why, or put down a why and the what. So that's like a subject and predicate for those of you who, who love English class. It's like, we need a, we need a new mechanic in this game that's going to that's going to get the player from point A to point B. We need to get the guy to travel from point A to point B without feeling bored. And then you start having ideas like okay, well, let me just let me just create a little vehicle, a little transport. And it's like okay, well, that gets him from A to B and it gets him across the board. What's the sensation? Does he like it? Is it going to be interesting for him? Okay, well, maybe he's got to buy something. Why would he want to buy something? Well, we can't just give it to him right off the bat. Start questioning these things. Start putting these ideas down. Start writing them down in little notebooks. Start jotting them down. And what you'll find happens is the parts of the idea that don't work together will kind of fall by the wayside. And you can tear those out of your notebook and rewrite the idea in a stronger way. And all the better ideas over time will start to stay. But the only way you're going to get there is by having those that back and forth between the what and the why of your idea generation process. What's happening? Digby man. I'm just coming to the end of this and, um, you know, I want to do more of these, but I think that what I'm going to do, I'm going to keep them. I'm going to keep Thursdays and Fridays as scheduled days for my thoughtful Thursdays where we get woo woo freestyle Fridays. I just do whatever. But on Mondays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I think I'm just going to I'm going to leave it open for any type of topic or something somebody brings up. And then we'll be able to to build some podcasts from there. So, yeah. Um, basically, in short, once again, the what is concerned with the implementation, the mechanics, the development, the logic of it, the mathematics of it, and the why is concerned with, you know, the sensation, the feeling, how you are approaching it in terms of 
a, a human, a person who's going to enjoy this product. So you may see it as the front end and the back end. That's one way of looking at it. The left brain and the right brain is another way. Point is, you've got to be able to jump back and forth between both of these to effectively tighten up your idea, to effectively get a good idea out there. It can't just be, hey, uh, I think everybody should have a million bucks or, hey, um, I think we should uh, ride down to ride down to the beach. Why? Because it's the beach. It's like, okay, give us more than that and back, back, back up and think about what you're asking, asking for. What's the implementation? Okay. Who is this going to benefit? Why would we want to do this? Start asking yourself tough questions to get to a better end result. And don't think of it as putting down your own ideas and getting into a way of thinking, oh, it can't work. Oh, oh, this isn't, this isn't going to be helpful or, oh, I can't do this alone or, oh, I don't have enough money. No, this is not meant to be defeatist. You need to, you need to behave like, you know, like a guitar string. It needs to be tightened up just in the right way where you're getting rid of things that aren't working and you're continually adding on things that do work. But this is not meant to be defeatist and say something is good or, or I mean, not some, it's not meant to say something is bad and just throw it out the window. Because one thing about ideas is if you realize something won't work, that doesn't mean it's a bad idea. It just means that you're a step closer to a good idea when you realize something doesn't work. Like, okay, this doesn't work. That means I need to work a little harder in this direction. Or, okay, this idea is not understood by most people. I need to either get that understanding out there or I need to make the product easier to understand or I need to update the educational landscape so everybody understands. There could be a variety of things with your idea. But the whole point is ideas take work and random thoughts are not ideas. Random, hey, wouldn't it be cool if usually aren't solid ideas. Random technologies like, hey, you know, I can juggle. That's not necessarily a good idea. It's like, I mean, okay, you can juggle and you're an actor. What does that mean? Are you going to start a juggling YouTube channel? Are you going to start a juggling television show? What, what are you saying to me? I don't, I don't know what that means. So give them some meaning. Give them some mechanics. Keep working both of those things in your head. And then finally, put it out there for the world to see. Test it out. Build it and grow from there. And as always, use your handy jot book, your handy notebook to keep these things in order. Put them down on paper. Start running them through your head. Go back and look at your ideas later. As I said, save the good ones. Advance them. Graduate them into a new notebook of good ideas. Toss out bad ones. And go from there. It's been Mr. Benja for Mr. Benja's ADD Experience. Thank you all for coming through. I really appreciate your feedback and I appreciate all that you've, uh, all the supporters here. Be sure to make sure you comment and share on any of these that you think are good. And if you want me to go back and redo or go more in depth, be sure to tell me that as well. So take what you've learned, apply it here and where appropriate and just create something good. You can see me at mrbenja.com and I'll see you all later. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining me on this podcast. 
You all make everything I do possible, and I really do appreciate it. So even if you've got me on social, please visit MrBinja.com and see what's happening and how deep the rabbit hole goes. All right, I'll see you next time. Peace.